right. Welcome. Well, I haven't said this in a while. Welcome to Gimmick Tables and Gig Jobs, uh, your platform for all wrestling news. And it's been a hectic, crazy month, so uh, we're not going to dive too much into the past. If you're a fan of the podcast and you listen to the podcast, I'm sure you're up to date on wrestling, the fallout from Full Gear and, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, I figured tonight, which keep in mind, like myself and Boris told you, Boris said every fucking Thursday. It's Thursday. Here we are. So today, well, this weekend, actually, the next two days, will be special events for the podcast. Um, Coming up at Survivor Series, we're going to go over the, well, it's going to be celebrating 30 years of The Undertaker. So I thought today, myself, Alex, and we have my little brother Christopher with us, we are going to talk about the dead man himself. The dead man. The Undertaker. Actually, let me grab the figure. We'll let the Undertaker join us. I wish we could play the entrance music. We'll draw it out for fucking 25 minutes. (laughs) But uh, no, we're going to talk about The Undertaker. We're going to start celebrating the 30 years of The Undertaker. And then tomorrow night, um, I do believe Christopher will be back with us. Indeed. We will have Christopher back tomorrow night with us. And uh, Lucas, actually, here's what's happening tomorrow night. Um, Tonight, tomorrow morning, afternoon, whatever, go over to the Brain Dead podcast, scroll through, find the Talkin' Shop Amania podcast from Talkin' Shop Amania 1 and listen to it because tomorrow night, after Talkin' Shop Amania 2 ends, the entire Brain Dead podcast team will be back on this podcast to talk about Talkin' Shop Amania 2, Hell where yeah. we all watch Chad 2 motherfucking bad and Sex Ferguson try to rip each other's fucking balls off in a ball for a ball match. Cock and ball torture is my favorite kind of torture. <laughs> so, yes, join us tomorrow night for Talkin' Shop Amania 2 Rise of the Torturer. And we will talk all things Talkin' Shopamania too. And I'm going to forewarn you now, if you're going to listen to the first one, yes, we were all pretty drunk when we did it, but that was how we were told to watch Talkin' Shopamania. Now you have to watch Talkin' Shopamania. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows said, get your buzz on, get your friends. So we're going to do just that for Talkin' Shopamania too. But tonight, we are going to talk The Undertaker. Um, the man has had a long career. I mean, he took part in some of the most iconic matches in WWE, from Buried Alive matches to Hell in a Cell, uh, the Inferno matches. Uh, I mean, for the love of God, the man threw Mick Foley 15 feet off the top of a cell through a table. Didn't he also break Shawn Michaels' spine or some shit? I'm pretty sure, yeah. If uh, yeah, he injured Shawn, no, he injured Shawn Michaels, throwing him out of the ring, and his back hit the casket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. He he filled a plexiglass box. What with is Brad got this over here? Concrete. To get a fucking boner when he looks down. 
Oh, either way. I have no idea. <laughs> he could. But no, um, he tried to bury Paul Bear alive in cement. In cement? In cement. Cement? He uh, led one of the grimmest factions in WWE history, being the Ministry of Darkness. It's definitely a badass name. Um, he hung. He, <laughs> he lynched the goddamn big boss man in the middle of a ring. He lynched him? He fucking hung the man, yes. They did yeah. some crazy stuff back in the day. Yeah. He he used to sacrifice people on this giant logo that he had of his and hang them high in there. He chokeslammed McFoley on a fucking bed of thumbtacks. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. McFoley's fucking crazy enough in his own right. Let's do a podcast about McFoley. Oh, that could go on for a while. Yeah, exactly. We've got plenty of material. We might actually have to do that very soon. <laughs> It's a very good idea because there's a lot you could talk about. We, we will span it. Three different personalities. We will span it over three podcasts. Brain dude. Man. We will call it the <laughs> three faces of Foley. The three faces. You had that name ready. Well, the four faces of Foley. We will cover mankind, dude, love, Cactus Jack, and Mick Foley himself. Special four episode podcast about like the history of each of those characters. How he lost his ear, got it ripped off in a fucking ring rope. How his tooth came out of his nose. Yeah. He's a madman. Anyways, so what was... I mean... He's also part of the Broken Spine Club. My first... John Michaels. My first introduction... But he's still going. Yeah. My first introduction to The Undertaker was the year that he debuted at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I wasn't... Keep in mind, that was 30 years ago, which means I would have been that one. still wore, like, purple? Yes. Um, that would have been 30 years ago, so keep in mind I was I would have been one years old, but I have gone back and I've watched all. So my first introduction was watching the pre-recorded Survivor series that he did. That's that. back when he had hair scarier than his gimmick. Yeah. So what was your first introduction to The Undertaker? Because I want to say it was the videotape that I had. I'm trying to remember because i used to watch it with you all the time i can't i don't know if i can remember my first introduction to him i i was i, I was always just a big fan of him he was he was the edgiest wrestler out were you watching That's it with me when yeah. were you watching it with me when he was like the goth era undertaker or when he brought out like the crow on stage and he had the hat and the big trench coat and he'd roll his eyes back in his head that's what i remember well he always did that well, that's uh, well outside of the american he, he wasn't wearing game. purple gloves when and he wasn't riding motorcycles. It. Yeah, it was like his mid. Okay, his so that was that would have been Attitude Era. Oh, okay, yeah. That would have been at the height of the Attitude Era with Stone Cold and The Rock and all of them. That was a fucking amazing era of wrestling, especially for The Undertaker. But, yeah. Rey Mysterio is always still my favorite, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fucking he, the, the career, the man, the... the the wrestlers' lives that he's impacted. I mean, he was a that in and of sure. itself because there are people that have had matches with him that will go down in history. Like, for example, his and what I'm pretty sure would have been his last match was against AJ Styles in the Boneyard, which was basically a buried alive Boneyard match. Game? But no, that was Tony <laughs> Shop Mania. But 
Um, it was in the boneyard. It was it was a buried alive match. It was very cinematic, but it was still really cool. And I mean, just to go to show you what you know what kind of a badass the man is after all these years, he straight up put his like his whole fucking arm up to here through the window of a hearse. It was very gnarly. And they literally, like, you could see pieces of glass sticking out of his wounds. And they literally pulled the glass out, cleaned it, didn't stitch it or bandage it, and he went right back to the match. Because he's I was hardcore. just like, go you. Like, he just looked at it and was kind of like, fuck. I'll be okay. I was like, okay, I mean, I guess that's what you do when you got glass in your arms. Now, if I remember correctly, I think I'm pretty sure I know what your introduction to The Undertaker was. Uh, well, the no, because... Well... That depends on how you're looking at it, because technically my first introduction was as a child, because I was never a wrestling fan as a child, because I always, well, because when <coughs> wrestling, when I was younger, was more so that soap opera stuff mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. pretty stupid, but I knew who The Undertaker was. Yeah. I mean, you've oh, yeah. seen, like, people that actually you know, watched wrestling with, like, the backpack and, like, that kind of stuff. And The Undertaker, even with not... I think I only watched, like, one wrestling, one or two episodes. He was one of those people you knew about, though. I just knew of him. Yeah, you knew... Oh, I've heard that name. It's the fucking number. Yeah, like, I never watched it, which... Well, I watched it, like, maybe one or two times when I was with my dad when I was younger, but for the most part, that's just a name that you knew. You just knew who The Undertaker was, especially with me liking the spookier stuff. Oh, yeah. I was, he's a spooky man. Like, I, I was like, ooh, he's a spooky wrestler? If I was like, so, that stuff, that'd be my dude. So the first actual match that you watched with him would be the one that I'm thinking of. I don't know what you're thinking of, to be honest. I was literally watching the pay-per-view on my phone, and she leaned over and oh, looked at me one, and was yeah. like, what are you watching? And it was, oh God, I can't even remember what pay-per-view it was, but it was Shane McMahon and The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. It was back in 2015, wasn't it? I believe or was so. It 16? I believe so. It was right it around there. I know it wasn't too long after we got together. Because, yeah, them boys beat the shit out of each other. That was the one where uh, The Undertaker threw that toolbox at Shane's head. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was full of tools, too. I was like, yeah, damn, okay, that's got to hurt. But, yeah. That, and then, well, I mean, ever since then, he's had feuds with the Wyatt family, with Kane, and... He should just, like, even if he, like, quits wrestling forever, he should always come back to just take the title belt at WrestleMania. He's like, this is mine, I don't yeah, care what He'll always come in at the end, and whoever wins, he goes out and beats them, and then is still the champion. Well, he kind of did that when they went to Saudi Arabia, because it was the, uh... Was it like the greatest wrestler in the world competition or some shit like that? Oh, I don't even remember what it was. And uh, one of the people that was supposed to be part of it wasn't wasn't able to make it or some shit like that. And the very last person that came out was the Undertaker, choke slam, fucking AJ Styles, and fucking beat him and took the trophy. Later, which led Bye to the Boneyard match. But Deuces. yeah, it was it was very 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 intriguing. He's definitely an intriguing man. Very. Yeah. I will never forget what the it was a casket match with Yokozuna. Yoko Ono. And he um at the end of it he was like, you know, they were like, Oh, he fucking he killed the dead man, he buried the dead man. And then this whole extravagant thing happened where like on the Titan Tron it or the screen it showed 
the inside of the casket. And he was like, you know, I will be back and I will be born anew and this and this and that. And then he descended into the fucking sky by this rope and then it was over and everybody was like, oh my God, what just happened? And then when he came back, everybody was like, oh shit, he's the dead man. He's coming now. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, God, the things that man has done in his career, his American badass persona. I... The Some American people didn't badass. like it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. I mean, Homeboy came out to... The first song he did was at... I believe it was Armageddon. When he came back... <coughs> and I believe it was to save The Rock. Came out with his big-ass fucking long trench coat and his motorcycle on. And literally, this thing popped up on the screen... And it was just like, you know, these little girls talking like all this shit. And then all of a sudden it counted down and then you heard the beginning to, or that middle part of American Badass by Kid Rock, Mm -hmm. where it's like fucking remixed and shit like that. And then it's, um, yeah, yeah, that happened. And I was like, what the fuck? And then the Undertaker comes rolling out on a motorcycle and just levels everybody in the ring. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? And then, yeah, it was the birth of the American Badass. I think it was good for him to do that because i mean you see most wrestlers they all go through different like heels and faces type thing and the undertaker is the only person really in the history of wrestling that i've seen that has pretty much kept the same persona oh yeah except for that american bath the american still pretty close to his like original it's It's just different thing just he was a little bit more hardcore instead of spooky i guess yeah I mean, it didn't take him, like, five hours to get to the ring. He was on a motorcycle, yeah. so it only took him, like, a minute. Well, see, yeah. the American badass persona for him was, it was more, it was more him than what the Undertaker character was. It was more of his real life, like, Mark Calloway. Mm. It was more him. That's his name? Yes. Mark Calloway. But it was, it was more him than what the, you know, doom and gloom dead man persona was it was more shifted towards a little bit more him and i mean during that portion of his career i mean fuck everybody got to watch him drag hulk hogan around by a chain from the back of his motorcycle (laughs) yeah but i mean it was it was really really so old it was really cool to see that aspect of him and not to mention the fact that his last match against AJ Styles in the Boneyard at WrestleMania, it was more of a combination of all three. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got that American badass persona because he rode into the cemetery on a motorcycle to Metallica's latest song, Now Now That We're Dead. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking perfect for him. But then the outfit he was wearing was just like, it still had that, it was like a vest with some fucking leather pants. I mean, it looked like the badass persona, but more so geared towards his real life. And then, I mean, because they, they played the whole storyline perfect. AJ came out, was talking shit about The Undertaker's family, and he kept talking about how old he was and kept referring to him as Mark. And then when he got off of his motorcycle, AJ was like, oh, I was scared you weren't going to show. And then he got off and he was like, yeah, yeah, kept getting closer. He was like, keep running your mouth. You say my wife's name again. He's like, why don't you talk about how old I am again? And then just commenced to beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And it kind of gave that, I mean, it was more like a movie, more cinematic. Yeah. But it gave it that real feel because it was like 
this whole it, thing's built up based around him talking shit about the Undertaker's family, him talking shit directly about the person, Mark Calloway, and him talking shit about his age. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, the second he <clears throat> stepped off that micro or that fucking motorcycle and was like, keep running your mouth, I was just like, oh, damn, it's got that real feel to it. Like, I feel like he's legitimately about to beat the shit out of this guy. Oh, yeah. And it was perfect. Which, for that, it's probably for the best they did the more cinematic aspect of the match, mainly because that was during the pandemic time. Yeah. So there wasn't... It wouldn't have been as cool if they did it actually... In the arena? Yeah, in the arena with no crowd or anything. Oh, like, yeah. Or excuse me, full sale at NXT. Well, yeah, wherever they were actually holding it, it I don't think it would have been as cool as it was because of the fact that there was oh, yeah. no crowd. The setting really helped. Yeah, like the setting that they were in, like you could tell it was just like some lot that they rented or that yeah. they had or something. But I think that kind of gave it that extra element with oh, yeah. where they were at because they were able to do have felt so as much. If it was just in an empty fucking. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have been as cool. I mean, especially for the Undertaker's like last ride, basically. Oh, yeah. So it's I rolled up to an empty ass to fucking play. Yeah. Because I mean, the whole usually when they do cinematic stuff, it isn't that cool. Yeah, but it's I cheesy. think I think it really helped this year because of the fact that it was during the pandemic and they buried alive match. So. Oh, yeah. Buried alive match in a cemetery. I mean you couldn't be, literally every buried alive match I've ever seen has taken place in the arena with just a mound of dirt by the stage. Big huge giant mound of dirt by the stage with a hole dug in it and a fake ass headstone. And then they have to go bury that person alive. And it's like, okay, whatever. Like, you're burying a motherfucker alive. Sick. But, I mean, this one gave it that feel that I think all of the other ones lacked. Was that they're in a a fucking graveyard. It feels like you're actually burying this motherfucker alive. Yeah, like you're burying this motherfucker alive. And it was really cool because at the very moment that it seemed like, oh, my God, AJ just threw him in the fucking grave. He's about to bury the Undertaker. This bright-ass light comes on right behind AJ. And then next thing you know, the Undertaker's behind him. Beats the shit out of him, throws him in the grave, buries him, and then walks by and pulls the fucking cloth that was over the headstone off and just pulls it off and it says AJ Styles. And I was like, yes, that's how it should have ended. Got on his fucking motorcycle now that we're dead by Metallica started, they bit, did the big Undertaker logo in fucking laser lights on the side of the fucking... Is like, retired? I think He's so. Like but they did the big laser Not light logo. Until next WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> they did the big laser light logo on the side of this fucking giant barn, and then he just took off down the road. And I was like, That's cool. this is his last match. I like that. I like the pulling I, off the thing and it says AJ Styles the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it always was going. Gets to be. on his motorcycle. Gets on his motor. <laughs> gets on his motorcycle and fucking rides away into the night, like only the dead man could. You know who needs to make a comeback? Ric Flair. No, nobody. Needs <laughs> no, nobody wants it. Ric Flair. Ric, Ric Flair don't even need that. <laughs> he doesn't either. But uh, yeah, it was. His man, Jimmy, might come hit him in the face. <laughs> it was really, really cool. So if that was his last match, then I'm really, really glad we got WrestleMania and got to see it. Because that if was on, wasn't have, that night one? 
Oh. Yeah, because night two was Edge and Orton, I think. Oh, yeah, it was. As the fucking main event. And I think so, yeah. Edge just came back from an injury that literally everybody thought was, he, he was just done. Like, he has been gone so long, he's not coming back, his injury's too bad, he's, he's fucked. And yet he went and seen some doctors, had some surgeries, he fucking, you know, got better and was able to come back and they cleared him and he came back. And yet everyone could not stop talking about the Boneyard match between Taker and fucking Styles. Uh, and I was like, good. If you could set up a dream fight, say, uh, we'll do a triple threat match with any three wrestlers throughout history, who would it be? Who would you want to see in a triple threat match? I also I never really liked Kurt Angle either, now that I'm thinking about him. I, I liked Kurt Angle. I didn't like if, He's a fucking dweeb. If I, if I had to With pick... milk truck. And it's funny you mention <laughs> that because I literally... Flag unitard. I just seen a picture um, the other day that I saved to show Alex because I was like, what a fucking picture that is. I would honestly have to say at this moment... John Moxley, Sick Nick Mondo, and Joey Janela in a death match. Okay, no, like uh, wrestlers throughout his, not like just new dude. No, 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 no. I've never heard of it. Sick Nick Mondo. Sick Nick Mondo was wrestling before you were even fucking born, and he was a death match wrestler. John Moxley started not too long after that, and then Joey Janela started not too long after that, and they were all known for their insane shit that they did. Like Joey Janela, you thought man, you thought Mick Foley's fucking fall off that cell was bad. Look up Joey Janela fucking uh, building jump. This son of a bitch went off the top of a building with John Zandig, the former owner of CZW Wrestling, into the bed of a truck through fucking tables and fluorescent light tubes, and just fucking slammed in the back of it. And I was like, I want what? They even made a documentary called "Please Don't Die, Joey Janela." <laughs> like I want a, for a triple threat for me, it's got to be Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, and Mark Henry. So Mark Henry can manhandle both of them and throw them out of the ring. <laughs> can I do a three-way tag? Rey Mysterio is that he might be too slippery to. Can I can I do Mark a Henry to grab him? <laughs> can, I, can I pick a six-man so tag? Tiny, like. All right, what's your six-man tag? As long as it's people I've heard of. Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Rey Tommy Mysterio Jr. versus Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I want to watch all the Latinos go at it. <laughs> Let's see who comes out. Fucking. Oh, yeah. King Latino. Oh, no, seriously, because Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston are some bad motherfuckers. But. Get Carlito. <laughs> no, he's not. Latino, but. <laughs> but, yeah. No, honestly, if I had to pick a match, then who was the dude that did Trouble in Paradise? I can't think of that Kofi guy. Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston. Yeah, he was cool too. But no, seriously, back to the topic of the Undertaker. If I could see one more match with him, and I know I'm going to sound like every fucking fan that's ever said it since he retired, I would love to see him and Sting. Sting, dude, him and the singer, right? Sting. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, only if Sting has the baseball one. bat and wears his makeup. 
That's the only sting that ever that's existed. That's the only sting. I thought, yeah, the only I, one? I thought he did so. I thought he like wrestled without makeup for a while. I thought he started doing like a different. I no, mean, he always he, had his face makeup paint. ran off his face from sweat during yeah, matches. No. Oh, I no, no, I just thought I thought he started doing a different thing. No, no, he, he's got to be old. Uh, now too. Didn't he do red instead of white paint at one point? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the when he did pack? the NWO Wolfpack, yeah. I was gonna Maybe say that's that's, that's well, really the, the white thing, paint really. wasn't for the NWO anyways. No, that was no, just what it, his crow him. character that he yeah, came back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though he did the red for the Wolfpack, though. Remember, that was like uh, the only different thing that he did. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack, or you might wind up in a body bag. What? Hey, you remember Stephen Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uncle Betty's son. Yeah, he had that fucking. He had that picture with. Sting. I got to meet uh, the Undertaker at Meyer with Mike and his kids. Meyer. What? What was he shopping for his eggs? <laughs> yeah. Wait. What Meyer were you at? That. We'll talk about this after we're done. Yeah, he just crazy. dropped the um, Undertaker at Meyer, but we'll yeah. talk about that off off mic. Well, no, they were doing a um tour for their new line of figures that came out through Jack Pacific. What Meyer were you at? Were you in a different state? Well, it was in Indiana. It was... Okay, but still, like, Indiana, that's like uh, two seconds away from I us. can't for the life of me remember the name of the fucking road that the Meyer was on. But there's, like, Walmart Supercenter across the street and fucking Burger King right by it. Of course. Classic. So classic. classic. <laughs> you see a Meyer, there's a Walmart somewhere. I swear to God, I will find the road. Wait, what? He was just chilling? Mm-hmm. Was he shopping, or was he at, like, a desk? No, 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 he came to do an autograph signing. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, he came for an autograph signing for the he new line of Jackson. He made it sound like he was just pushing the cart down the aisle. with shopping his for his groceries. <laughs> like, where, why was he in our area? I wonder what kind of groceries he buys. Well, they used to come to... Protein. Only things like black licorice. And Everything with protein. They used to come to Notre Dame back in the day. Okay, well, I mean, I can't That was where, actually, like, the first fucking... Pretty popular place. The first wrestling event I ever went to mm-hmm. was a WWE live event back when it was known as WWF. And it was Standing at... Battled. uh Oh, what the fuck was the name of the place? It's part of the Notre Dame campus. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have concerts <laughs> and shit in it. Notre Dame. But, uh... No, it was, it was supposed to take place that winter, and a really bad fucking snowstorm hit... And they had to delay it once, and they weren't able to travel from where they were going to. So then, when they got a new fucking uh, date for it, they ended up, some of them weren't able to make it from the airport that they were at. So they just kind of threw together a show last minute, which it still turned out really fucking cool. I got to see Triple H and The Rock and fucking X-Pac and the big show. Oh, okay. His real name is Paul Levesque. Okay, I because I knew he was but, Triple H, but when I heard he used to be referred to as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, I was like, is that that dude's actual name? That was what a name nerd. Crazy. But no, he um, the Big Show was there, Road Dog was there, fucking Triple Road H. Dog. Yeah, I haven't thought about him in a long time. Uh, it was Triple H and The Rock versus Big Show and the Road Dog Jesse James, and it was the main event match. It was a tag team match, and at the very fucking end of the show. Road Dog grabbed the microphone and literally because they were told this is a Catholic school campus, you cannot cuss, you cannot use foul language. Oh wait, how did that go for the Road Dog? Just listen. How did that go for DX in general? Just there listen. Any of them that were there. Just okay. listen. The show ended. Big Show and Road Dog won. Triple H and The Rock left the fucking ring, and people started throwing cups and beer cans and shit. 
So the Wait, next thing you know, beer. I didn't think they could sell beer at Notre Dame. They didn't sell at the football games. I didn't think they could sell it anywhere on campus. Because that was the, way back then. This was a live of well, they sold liquor or alcohol when you could smoke on planes. They used to hold concerts out there. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I didn't. Who the I fuck you know goes to a concert and don't drink? Christians, Catholics, religious people who don't people. drink, <laughs> religious folk. Nobody's children. gonna drink. Nobody's gonna go. Nobody's gonna go to Notre Dame and see fucking ACDC and not drink. Okay, well, I didn't know there were bands like ACDC. Anyway, that, that's a different. Topic, end of the though. match. They're walking out. People start throwing shit, and the road dog grabs a microphone, looks up, and goes, "So we ain't allowed to use foul language, but y'all are allowed to throw shit at us. Ain't that about a bitch?" Fucking yes. drop the microphone in a big show walk up. I was like, that's great. That, that's perfect. But yeah, it was it was really cool. I actually got to see the brood and the Hardy Boys when the Hardy Boys were like really young. Really? Yes, it was Gangrel, Edge and Christian versus Matt Jeff. Jeff is always so much cooler. And somebody Matt. else. <laughs> but so I well, it, we're rounding out the end of this podcast, so I guess happy thirty years to the Undertaker. Happy Thank you for years. everything that Mark, you've put your body that. through for our entertainment. So, I'm Nate. We love you. I'm Chris. I love you too, and I'm Alex. And this has been Gimmick Tables and Gig Jobs. Tune in tomorrow for Talking Shopamania Two for all of the chaos that unfolds. And before we go, I completely forgot to bring this up. Do you guys know what tomorrow is? It's Friday, November 13th. Friday the 13th? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what happens on the 13th? Jason comes back? The cock torture rises. Cock torture. Yes. He's coming. He's coming. Friday, <laughs> Friday, <laughs> Friday, November 13th, which is Why is that tomorrow. not a slogan? We're writing this shit. The cock torture. <laughs> He's coming. Like, come on. Tomorrow. Come on. Oh, my tomorrow God. Tomorrow night. Just, somebody write these down. The, uh, He's just coming out talking shop, talking shop of Mania 2, Rise of the Torturer. Um, don't know what the match the card is. Torture. Don't. Well, it's the Rise of the Torturer on the card. I don't yeah, think they well, wanted to put cock, cock on the It's a little too card. aggressive. So it's but, a little aggressive. A little aggressive. But tomorrow night, 10 p.m., Rise of the Torture, Talking Shop of Mania 2, Fight TV. It's $14.99. Make sure you get it. And then as soon as it's over, we're going to start recording. So give us maybe hour, hour and a half, and there will be a brand new episode, a second day in a row of Gimmick Tables and Gig Jobs. And Two we days will, in a row. We will be buzzed up with a good brother buzz talking about Talking Shop of Mania 2. Good cuckold brothers. It will, be, it will be myself, Christopher, Lucas, and Brad, and Alex. And all. Phil Anselmo. No, Phil Anselmo. Don't advertise that. That's not actually happening. <laughs> but we're going to do it. We're going to podcast it. And... I mean, hell, join in for the good time, guys. And like I said, stop on by. Fight TV, fourteen ninety nine. Talking Shop of Mania two. Rise of the Torture. We do Nazis. We do.